Hello and welcome to the Tech Unplugged podcast. My name is Max Portilaro and I'm your host today. And I'm joined by my eternal co-host, Ariane Timmerman. Hello, Ariane. Hello, Max. Wonderful. Great to have you, Ariane, today. We're still alive. The Hertz isn't still destroyed. That's a good thing. And tonight we welcome Rose, Rose Ross, right? That's right, Rose Ross. Hello. How are you? Hey, Rose. Good to have you here. What a very nice thing to have me. Great. So could you uh, introduce yourself a bit and then tell us a bit more about what you do with Tech Trailblazers? Well, my name is Rose Ross and I'm the founder and chief trailblazer at the Tech Trailblazers, which is an awards primarily for the enterprise tech startup space. So we've been running for seven years, so we're just getting into our seventh edition. And uh, we have kicked off entries and people can enter under the early bird until the 6th of September. And we will shut off entries on the 27th of September. So that's a little bit about what I do. Let me ask a question. So, Rose, Tech Trailblazers is not the only thing you're doing, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about who is Rose Ross? You do a lot more in the community, and I would like to know about that as well. Sure. Well, my background is in the marketing space, always in the enterprise technology space. About almost 20 years ago, I set up a technology PR marketing boutique agency called Oin Marketing. And we've worked with many amazing enterprise tech companies, both NASDAQ listed and, you know, very early stage startups over that time, you know, securing them coverage primarily in the UK, but also across mainland Europe through a network that we're involved with called Community Pro. So that's my background. And then spun out of that about eight years ago, I was getting rather frustrated with, uh, I mean, obviously a PR agency's, one of the tasks is to put forward our clients to um, start, not startup, but to awards programs. And I found that there was um, there was a little bit of a gap in the market. A lot of these things were either driven by the larger players, so they would be very popular and would tend to win, or there would be a focus on startups in the technology space. But that tended to then be very much focused on the more consumer technology startups. So, you know, the newest Wizbang app for this or a new gadget or, or something like that. So I felt that there was there was a a lack of something which would support enterprise technology startups and give them the recognition that they deserved, but allow them to be judged in their sort of space. So whether that was storage or whether it was cloud or now some of the new ones that we have, AI, blockchain, developer containers, such like. So it was really designed to provide a level playing field for those particular types of companies. Um, it was actually born out of a project. We were working with an event um, at the time, and we felt that, that would be a great initiative for them. Um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, they decided that that was not something that they wanted to do, but I felt it was an amazing idea. So I thought, well, nobody's going to take something like this seriously from somebody who's in the PR space, you know, not a, a well-known name across the industry. So I felt that what we needed was really to have some outstanding stellar judges who would be looking at the entries and, and therefore through their, their expertise, give us 
some credibility, in fact, a lot of credibility. And I'm very thankful to many of our judges, including yourself, Ian. Um, but I suppose the first person I had that type of conversation with was Joe Bagley, who's the CTO for Amir of VMware. And the fact that he was straight in there with, yes, I would love to do it, I kind of felt, okay, this sounds like it is really a, an idea that could go somewhere. And I guess as we're still <laughs> alive and kicking seven years later, then I, I was right and so was he. So that's, that's, that's an awesome story. But for you as a woman in, in a man's world, that, that must be difficult as well at some times. Or, or is that just something that's normal these days, getting more women into uh, technology as well? Well, you know, women in technology is a really, really big topic at the moment. I'm sure none of us have escaped that. There are lots of awards dedicated specifically to that. Top 50 lists for the UK, top lists for the US, top lists for Cross Emir. I mean, when I started in technology, I was literally a very small organisation and I was sort of, you know, practically toe to toe with the, um, at the time, VMS developer team. Um, and that was quite a baptism of fire for somebody who didn't have a technology background. I mean, I used computers, which were at the time <clears throat> not particularly. Um, so let's say Windows, I don't think it had been invented at the time. Um, uh, but they were incredibly passionate about where, where they, you know, where they did. And, and, you know, they were primarily men. Um, but I've always found that for me, I'm excited about the technology. And I think what you find is that if you share that with technologists, then you are you're speaking the same language, even if I had to learn a lot of those buzzwords pretty quickly and continue to do so. Um, I always say that I'm a I'm not a technology PR person, I'm a technologist now by osmosis who is specialized in PR and marketing. So back to the tech trailblazers, you already mentioned um, there's a lot of, of bars around it. You've got some awesome judges. You named one of them. I think there are, there are at least a dozen more that are really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about the process of getting judges and getting sponsors? How does that work? And if I can jump in as well. Uh... Uh, you know, I'm not really familiar with Tech Trailblazers, so I understand that you know you're uh, you have judges and you have startups. But what's the what's the whole process around that? I think it's probably the same question that Ariane had. How do we what what's the uh, how you know startups are judged on which criteria and so on? Well, it's very interesting. I was just thinking about that. Now, Steve O'Donnell, who has been a CIO for some large financial services companies, um, an analyst and was also a CEO of a startup, um, was very instrumental in helping us put together that initial sort of criteria. So he um, wanted to take it very much from a VC's perspective and look at things like, um, you know, what is this actually going to make a difference in? Has it got market traction? What are the things that would make this a successful organization? And that is very much the format of the entry form itself is really sort of highlighting those elements. So people aren't just looking at the technology, they're looking at the wider capability of the organization as well. And you know that varies in maturity. Now, when we first started, we purely looked at, and, and it might be helpful at this stage to 
sort of share what those criteria are for the startups is they need to be in the enterprise technology space, obviously align with one of our tech categories as closely as is possible. Then we say that they need to be five years or younger. So basically not have hit their sixth birthday yet. They, they can have VC funding, but not beyond Series C. So you can go up to Series C, they can be seed funded, these days also crowdfunded, have debt financed, whatever. But those are, in simple terms, the criteria that we, that we stipulate. So, so that, that is the initial process, and that's obviously the entry form that all of our, our amazing startups submit to us. Then there's a two-stage judging process. The first is when it goes out to the industry experts. And obviously, you mentioned Joe, obviously, you, Ian. You've got people like um, Ben Keeps down in New Zealand. We've got Sam Johnson, who's now based in Singapore, works for DXC and is their labs director there. We've got a whole multitude of different people who bring a variety of expertise, but an awful lot of grounding in the technology. And some now increasingly people who are CISOs, CIOs, um, analysts, journalists, people who have a very in-depth knowledge. But I think they probably all share at least 20 years experience in the space. So, you know, we're not, we're not, we're looking at people who have probably seen waves and waves and waves of this and lots and lots of startups during their careers. So they will um, kind of help sort of shuffle through to what we feel is the strong shortlist. Then we will publish the shortlist and that goes out once more to the judges, but also to the voting public. So that is an opportunity for the popular startups to help you know, generate some enthusiasm and support for what they are doing. And then from that, that's that final process, we will ascertain who the winners are and who the runners up are. Is there anything you do afterwards? So I'm looking at the website, I'm looking at the winners of 2012. There's folks that are still around, but there's also folks that have been taken over or even vanished. Is there some sort of what you do afterwards that 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 will give the companies even more than than what they get of the the award that they get that year well i think obviously everybody would aspire to something more than purely a logo that they can use in presentations but i think the the actual recognition itself is perhaps i even at the beginning undervalued what that they consider and i know a lot of our our winners have express that as stuff that helps motivate their teams as stuff that they can use very um comprehensively as you say we have an amazing selection of judges so the fact that they have been recognized by those judges as well as by the voting public who are obviously interested interested in enterprise technology uh means that they've got it's it's almost like a you know a massive tick in the box that yeah these guys there's something worth looking at so whether that's within a conversation with a potential customer or within a potential investor or acquirer we like to think that that help provide just another bit of credibility for them and i've actually got some very interesting stats because i thought mm, okay well let's let's have a little bit of a deep dive on on historically over the that period of time how our winners have done and i focus very much on the um the cloud and storage categories because that tends to be you know that's that's two particular tech areas that you guys are well known for so i thought well let's focus on those because they're going to be of more 
interest to to listeners. So if I look at the cloud winners, there's quite some interesting stats that actually quite quite surprised me in some ways. So from our seven winners of the cloud trailblazers categories, six of them were actually under only a year old when they won. So they were actually still very young. And and that surprised me. I expected them to be have been a little bit mature, a little bit more mature. Not not all of them, but you know, as an average. Um, one of them happened to be the oldest was Nutanix. After they won, they raised two huge rounds of funding, which totaled 251 million, which was actually the year exactly after they had won, and then IPO'd a couple of years later in 2016 on a 2.2 billion dollar valuation, and they raised 237.9 million dollars. So that's interesting. So I thought, well, yeah, they are a big success story of the cloud category. But what I thought was even more interesting when we looked a little bit deeper, a little bit bit more at these stats, five out of our seven winners did a significant round of funding the year after they won. All of all of those five within sort of 12 months of having won had raised a significant pot of cash. They raised in total 44, sorry, 449 million, which is an average of just under 90 million each. So, you know, I like to think we were a bit of a lucky chart for them, perhaps. Maybe having that little little tech trailblazer symbol on their presentation gave them just that little bit of luck. So maybe we're the with a tech startup equivalent of a, a four-leaf clover. I don't know. But that was, I thought that was a very interesting statistic on that particular category. So, I mean, the storage ones also had an awful lot of uh, success as well. Um, three of those were actually acquired. And um, they also raised a significant amount of money. And if I look at the overall, just across those two categories, they have raised through their VC funding just under a billion so 927 million across just those two categories and we have 11 in total and through ipo and acquisition those those winners in those two categories have raised just under 1.5 million sorry 1.5 billion that's that really really impressive statistics i felt and, and it's really nice to be you know, I'm not I wouldn't like to say that we're a huge part of that success, but I like to think that in some way, some small way that we actually help them get to the next level. I think it's also interesting that, uh, you know, when you look at it uh, with the perspective of, you know, assessing that in 2019, almost 2020, by the way, it kind of uh, also puts in perspective, let's say the, uh, I don't know if it's uh, the, the vision or the, uh, the good perception that your judge had on that, you know, because of course, Nutanix among them, I mean, even in 2012, we thought it was a big thing at the, at the thing already, you know, this, this HCI thing and, and, but nobody could guess that it will, it will reach the, the level that they're at now, you know? So I think it, it's really, uh, you kind of replied to my, to my main question, which was, you know, who was your biggest win somehow in the, in the process? Could you, uh, Rose, uh, explain a bit, you, ex you already pick up the judges, but you also have the public which can join in. So what's the process there? For example, I'm not a judge, unfortunately, but, but since I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little man and I would like to, to take part in the, uh, 
the kind of the voting process, mm -hmm. how would I or anyone from the audience, you know, participate in the textual blazers? What's the process there? Well, once we have the shortlist, we put that all up online. So that's run as an online voting system. And then obviously we collate that and then put that together with the judges' marks um, to select the winners. And I have to say, I, I did wonder, you know, with the public vote skew, you know, what the the um, the, the, the judges have put. But I, I, I always find it's fascinating every year when we do it and we go, OK, well, these guys seem to be coming, you know, somewhat ahead of everybody else in the judges perspective and the ones that judges select it's very very rare for the public vote to to overturn that i mean a lot of these things are close because judges aren't always going to agree on who they think is the most interesting or most likely to be successful and you know if we all agreed with each other then life would be very boring and also not a very good you know not very accurate for where we are because just because people win doesn't mean they're going to be successful and just because they're runners up doesn't mean they're not going to be successful so yeah so so that's kind of the process so everybody will get an opportunity to do that we do also work with the finalists we give them guidance on how to promote themselves how to use the fact that they've been selected as finalists to drive interest in what they're doing and also to harness their their support network so you know we want it to be an interactive process and and for even if they don't win at the end of the day i think a lot of them are just absolutely thrilled to be shortlisted and get that recognition and i do think that motivation in a startup is hard you know we've all worked in that type of environment and everybody comes along with the greatest idea in the world and this is just gonna knock the spots off anything else that's out there. This is going to be a breeze. We're going to get funding, customers, dum dum dum. And anybody who's then actually lived that knows that that great idea is probably not fully formulated in your head, and it certainly is very hard to express to somebody else. So it is a huge learning curve. It's a huge investment of people's energy, passion, you know, their whole lives are sometimes put on hold while they pursue this particular dream. And sometimes just getting something that everybody can rally around and going, yes, I know we haven't quite got to our measures as we were hoping to. We're probably three months, six months behind where we expected to be right now. But we have got that recognition within the industry. A load of the public and a load of judges think that we're, you know, a top banana. And that that has an incredible value for just giving people that just a bit of a lift when sometimes you feel like you're up against it working incredibly long hours. And um, feeling like, you know, are we really going to get to where we think we can get to? Okay, thanks. So your the 2019 is 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 going on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're just kicking off this week. Right, exciting time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and what is for a startup? What do they need to do? So where do they reach out? Do they go to the website, submit it there? Do they do you go to startups and, and ask them to join? What's the process? Well, we're very fortunate that over the years, I think a lot of people have got us on our radar. We, I think, attract by the, a lot of the PR calendars, a lot of the, the PR companies who work with technology startups have us on their radar. And actually, over the, you know, the last few months, we've been getting quite a lot of inbound interest from both startups and from their PR teams about, you know, when is everything kicking off? You know, what do we need to do, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we already have 
a, a good bit of momentum. But we do liaise with startups directly. We like to keep an eye on who's making an, an interesting noise. I mean, I can give you one great example who I really hope do enter. I don't know how they'll do, but I'd love them to enter because these guys are actually an interesting twist in the development of um the tech trailblazers so in 2013 nutanix won the cloud trailblazer of the year and another company called pernix data won the storage trailblazer of the year and a couple of years later nutanix acquired pernix data so that was like a little double success story so that was really nice so they became more than just bedfellows they actually kind of got married um and then recently some of the founders of pernix data have founded another startup called Clumio, who are in a space which would still fit with our category. So that would be nice to see them um, be, you know, in the running. So, yeah, so I think we'll be reaching out to those guys and another. You know, you are episode 30 of Tech Unplugged podcast and episode 28 was Clumio, right? Didn't know that because I didn't get a chance to listen to all of them. I think I started at the beginning and I don't think you'd got to those guys yet. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's very interesting. And that's another reason why we work with, you know, Ian and, and other guys in the space because they quite often say, hey, we've got this interesting company. Would you like us to, to encourage them to submit? And I think that is part of it, really. Ultimately, people... We'll need to look at the entry form. Obviously, that takes time. And you know, let's be honest, um, startups don't always have a lot of time, so they need to prioritise where they want to be putting their focus. Um, obviously, if they have PR teams, that's a little bit easier because they've already got some experts who can help bring that data, that information, and, and share it in a way that you know would work. And then that that's really good. Um, but yeah, we we like to think that we are not just reacting to the interest in, in this, but also actively seeking interesting companies. And we spend quite a lot of time at, at startup events. And I know that a lot of our community spend a lot of time at startup events and, you know, bigger industry events. I mean, obviously, we're um, just about to see VMworld kick off next week. So I'm sure there are lots of interesting ones there. And there are a number of our judges like I know Stephen Foskett will be there and a lot of other people. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting time seeing who puts themselves forward for the, the awards this year. OK, thank you. And on the other hand, what if Max wanted to join as a as a judge? What does he need to do? I, I know what what we did, but can you tell us a little bit more about the way you get judges in and and make sure that you have the right judges for all themes and categories that you have on the, on, on the tech drill base. Mm -hmm. And, and to, uh, to, to just add a question as well to that is, are you rotating judges uh, with each edition or do you have a set, a kind of base of judges which are here year over year? Well, we have had a lot of people who are very long serving. I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, Joe's been with us from the beginning. Sam Johnson's been, I think, with us pretty much from the beginning. And a lot of others. But let's be realistic. We, we have to say, you know, people have workloads. We have a specific time when people are volunteering to, you know, look through these particular um, entry forms. And it won't always fit with people's lives, whether that's a, a work deadline, a personal, de you know, personal stuff that's going on. So we do have a pretty healthy bank of judges so that we can, you know, do a bit of failover to pinch technical term. And if 
certain people aren't available, then other people are available to potentially pick up the slack. But I always say that, you know, other people should put themselves forward because there are areas of expertise which we're developing. Some of the other ones, such as containers and developers, which are a little bit newer. So not everybody within the team will be able to to really provide a good balanced view of that particular entry form. So, yeah, so please come and say hi. It may not work this year, but we'd love to hear from people about that. Thanks. Max, any questions from your side? No, thank you. It was really uh, very informative and a lot of uh, uh, good stuff, and especially uh, you know, hearing the success story of your previous winners was really amazing. So for me, uh, just uh, clapping hands here silently. <laughs> Sil <laughs> silent clapping. I don't want to waste the sound on the podcast, but uh, I'm doing air clapping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should do a video cast next time and see where I clap. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Rose, anything to add from your side? Well, obviously, we want to be agile. I mean, our foundations are around agility, innovation, leadership, and we do have also the personal entry categories, which are for male and female trailblazer of the year. And I've had a very interesting bit of feedback is on whether that we should really define between male and female. I think this year we will do, but it is an interesting topic. Do we need to now? Is, is, is that helpful to the bigger conversation? Um, and we do also, through the contact with the judges, encourage people to, you know, there are certain mentoring relationships. And it's something we'd like to develop where we're actually providing more uh, for the winners and for the entrants sort of on a year by year basis. Because, as I said, the logo is great. The recognition is great. But we would like to help them as much as we can. So that's also welcome. And a lot of our judges do actually mentor the winners as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much.